The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today for this episode of A Seat at the Table with Colorado Business Roundtable. And this is an opportunity we have to bring together thought leaders from business, academia, community, and government to talk about pressing issues that affect Colorado. And I'm really excited today to welcome Brian Fitzpatrick, the Vice President and General Manager of Mortensen here in Denver, to the conversation today. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to, good to have you. And not only do you um, build Colorado, which which I think is so fascinating, we were recently on uh, you know, a little bit of a tour of the Denver International Airport, hearing what you and your team are doing on big projects all around Colorado. You're also bringing your thought leadership and your passion for workforce and uh, Colorado issues that are so important around workforce to the board of, of directors for Colorado Business Roundtable. So we get to see you in several capacities, which is really fun. Yeah, it's been great to bring the perspective from the industry and hopefully make it a little bit better. So before I dive in to some of the questions I have today that I think people who listen to this podcast might be interested in, tell us more about your story. How did you end up with Mortensen and doing the job that you have today? I originally was born in Boulder, Colorado, and then grew up in the Louisville Superior area. But my mom was a, a business owner in, in Cherry Creek North. My dad worked downtown as a train conductor. So, you know, got pretty familiar with Denver and kind of saw Denver evolve. And, you know, when I was going to school at Colorado School Mines, I, I thought I wanted to be an engineer, but quickly figured out that I was feeling a little unsatisfied with that career path. So uh, I had a few friends in construction and specifically with Mortensen that were working on things that I just thought were just super amazing. One of them being Coors Field and building that. And then what used to be the Pepsi Center, now Ball Arena, and, and all these things that actually like catapulted Denver in, in some good directions in the way of development uh, really fascinated me. So I, I started to reach out to those folks and how do I be a part of that as I was kind of completing college and, and got connected with Mortensen that way, just because of the, the physical things they were doing and quickly found out like the culture was really good too. And so, you know, right out of college, I started with Mortensen and uh, really haven't done anything but uh, to work for the company. So 16 years later, still working for Mortensen. I don't think I realized that about your path and, you know, being with the same company for so long and also in the same region. What makes working in Denver, you know, this is something I think people who once they come here, they don't really want to leave. What makes working in Colorado for you and the Denver region so special? Well, you know, obviously there's a personal side of just growing up here and, and, you know, wanting to chip in on Denver myself and Colorado. But also I just uh, I, I've worked in other um, states. I've worked in Nevada. I've worked in Phoenix, Arizona, Minnesota. I've actually worked in China a little bit. We had an office there. But one thing that sticks out about um, Colorado is just the sense of community and not just the general sense of community, but also in the business community, people just actively want to make Denver better from a business standpoint. And then also just the, how can we grow the community around us to be better as well? And I think that's, what's really great about the Colorado Business Roundtable is, is this that combination of how can we leverage the business to just make our community better? And um, that's just been the resounding thing to me that like every day I just see examples of, and it's, it's super cool and makes it easy to work and in Denver and Colorado. 
Yeah, I agree. I came here after college, but I think there's just this sense of welcoming that we have and collaboration where whether it's working on community projects together or even public policy, most people really want to give each other time to find a way to say yes or find a way to work together. You know, even if there's disagreement, it feels like it's still respectful, which I find really nice, you know, a little bit outside of what you might see in Washington, D.C. Yeah, there isn't this direct, uh, it's got to benefit me. It's just a Mm-hmm. People went out of their way to make connections and and do the right thing and and build those connections to make our greater community better. So I think that's that's really unique. Well, and I like how you mentioned Cobert. You know, we like to bring people together from all the different sort of industry sectors, but then also working on issues together with our nonprofit community and uh, government agencies, of course, and find that that collaboration makes all of us stronger. When we think about opportunities and challenges, and I know, Brian, you and I have talked about workforce specifically from time to time, what are you feeling like is one of the biggest challenges that you're seeing for Mortensen coming out of COVID? Um, what really sort of keeps you up at night in that lane? Yeah, I mean, you you said it. Workforce is is a big deal. You know, we have some perception issues we're fighting in the construction industry. And, you know, it is a really good industry and you can make a really good living um, and have a really good career. But the the supply is just not there right now. So that's what keeps us up um, is making sure we have enough people to do um, the fantastic things we do. And then just, you know, the near term, the financial outlook obviously is on a lot of people's minds. And what does that mean to us? You know, you're talking about the pandemic and COVID, actually, we were super busy. And, you know, we were a little worried that things weren't going to settle down. And it was quite the opposite, like, um, as busy as we've ever been. And but with a potential correction, recession, you know, what does that mean for our business? And are we diversified enough um, as we look forward? So those are the two big things that kind of rise to the top. And then I guess the flip side of that, do you see, you know, there's plenty of challenges to talk about, uh, you know, inflation, supply chain, global uh, geopolitical issues that, of course, you know, are sort of this, you know, I, I find with some of the folks I talk to, you know, the geopolitical in the background adds a little bit of anxiety or uncertainty. And on the flip side, you know, there's so many interesting opportunities going forward. So are you seeing in the next couple of years, I think, some exciting opportunities ahead as well? The electrification of the world is providing a lot of opportunities um, on how we might uh, shift our business to focus on what that means. And so, you know, from electric vehicles to battery storage to renewable energy, all those sectors are things we're well positioned in. So we're continuing to evaluate what's the next thing that's coming, but uh, the world is just going to continue to be more electrified. So that provides a lot of opportunity for us to provide value in that space. And to build out what that looks like, right? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of work in that arena, I suspect, to make sure that it can meet the coming demand. Yeah. And, And similar, but a little bit different is just how dependent we are on the cloud and how the world is going that way. So mission critical data centers um, continue to be a big part of the world. And um, from the metas to the Googles and, you know, those big companies that need that to continue to support their business. um, That's an area where we add a lot of value as well and don't see that slowing down anymore either. Yeah. Um, It's exciting. And people still want to move to Colorado. We have a lot 
of beautiful, obviously, uh, open spaces and and all the other things that make people still want to move here. So there's probably no shortage of work for people who build our state. Um, going back to workforce a minute, Brian, I know this is a big passion of yours. You spend a lot of your time um, really cultivating your teams and making sure people have paths of opportunity within Mortensen. And now bringing your thought leadership to Cobert, we're working on big picture issues like our future of work event that we have this summer and making sure that we also keep in mind skills-based jobs and the construction trades in terms of the incredible opportunities that it provides people. You know, not everything is a cookie cutter, but how do we help people find the path of opportunity that fits them best? And I think it's an exciting time to be in construction. I'm curious what you're working on as an industry or as a company to help grow the workforce of the future that you need. Yeah, I think the important thing that you you said is like, you got to do something about it because you can complain about workforce, but um, if you're waiting for someone else to solve it, uh, you're going to lose. So, you know, what, what we do is try and break that perception I was talking about a little bit of like, hey, it's a knockout drag out industry that you're not going to, you know, have a, a long career or a a career you can make decent money at. And and that's just not the case. So we're trying to help with some of the marketing and the branding that goes out around construction, because there's so many different career paths within construction and development that afford people a really, a really good career. And so there's a little bit of that going on, but also like, how do you actually put that into action? So working with high schools, with programs like the ACE Mentorship Program nationally, it's a program that we we get pretty heavily invested in and find communities where we can, we can add value by providing opportunity that might not otherwise be there with high school students and give them opportunities to have internships in high school and build skills. Um, that can benefit not just directly to Mortensen, but just to have skills for life. And, you know, we have mentors that um, are active in that program and all of our geographic locations, but here in Denver specifically. And it's really about working with the kids to maybe open their eyes to some opportunities, whether it's in the trades or a more office-based position in construction and real estate, letting them see that side of things. But it's also um, the architecture and engineering parts of the business as well. Um, if that's, you know, generates more interest with them, great. As long as they're in the industry and we're helping our, our issue with people and providing opportunities to those that might not have it, like it's a win-win. So, you know, that's an example of one program. And then, you know, working with other trade organizations to figure out how we can make um, degrees more accessible. You know, maybe it doesn't require a four-year degree for some positions and the investment isn't as large. It makes it more approachable for some people. And then apprenticeship programs that can be transferable. So no matter where that person goes, um, they have that accreditation and they can feel like they um, invested in something that was worth it because it's going to set them up wherever they go in their career. Yeah, and I think some of those are issues that we're working on too with with you and other partners, um, you know, specifically around stackable credentials. What are the stackable pathways where someone um, can find meaningful education that actually builds into something, whether it's an associate's in construction or something that applies and gives them that path to success? So how do we break down those barriers within our talent producing systems, I think is what you're saying. But yeah. but what's kind of cool, what's cool is you're willing to have a seat at that table to have the private sector lean in with the expertise is so valuable because, um, you know, things are just changing so fast. 
yeah, you don't have to go to college to get a four-year degree to like have a really good career. There's other paths out there. And I think just some um, general awareness through uh, cohort and others that that those are out there. We just need to be better about um, making it more known. Absolutely. Um, One of the things I like to talk to people about on the podcast is really this concept of profits and purpose. As as an affiliate of the National Business Roundtable, that's something that really comes from, you know, the reframing of the purpose of a corporation several years ago by the Business Roundtable. And I've always said, I think really companies have been operating like that. Most companies have been operating like that for quite some time. It's really the modern way of doing business, knowing that not only are you providing jobs and opportunity, but you have a place in the community in terms of how you lean in. In, in a variety of ways, philanthropic ways, you know, providing tax revenue. That's a core value of Mortensen to really be a part of the community that you work and live and play. Tell us more about what you all do sort of in that line of profits and purpose. Yeah, it's something where we have we have 300 people right now that, that work for Mortensen Denver. You know, one of the things that has always been instilled in uh, from the top of Mortensen is like, if we're not making a difference in the communities in which we work, whether it's one project in a certain part of our community or our, you know, our business here in Denver, we're failing because if we're not leveraging all the horsepower we have to make it better, we're missing the mark. So I think that profits and purpose is how do we leverage, you know, our horsepower within business to benefit the greater community. And that's, I think hits the mark right on the head for us as a business. And that's always been a, you know, kind of a value of us is like, Yes, it's important that people go home safe. Yes, it's important we execute projects, but it's also important, like at the end of the day, we feel like we made a difference around us as well. That's really where we measure success is how the the greater community is evolving around us and and have we had a real part in that. Yeah, I love that. And part of me thinks, you know, I just want to send thank yous if if the airport's better, if ballerina's cool, you know, it's it's sort of all those amenities too that come with living in you know, the Denver metro region. Um, before I jump into the lightning round, tell us, as I think of those sort of projects, what what's the coolest project or the most interesting project you guys have going right now that you, you know, is fun for the team? Yeah. And fun might be the right word, but I think about those yeah. and it seems like it would be. Well, I'm biased because the last project I actually had a heavy hand in was the um, Raiders new stadium, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. So, that, that was a pretty fun one and a pretty big one for the company, but that finished up a couple of years ago. But uh, we're doing a lot of work that is super integrated uh, with renewable energy and providing alternative ways uh, to get a lot of, a lot of power um, to those who need it. So we had really large project in the middle of the desert in California that was about a a billion dollar project that integrated battery storage, solar, and a few other sources of energy and harnessed it and put it on the grid for, you know, cheaper and more environmentally friendly harvesting of energy. And I think it's just a sign of the times of, you know, where we're headed. And it was our first real big endeavor in that. And it was cool to see the company. It involved like three or four different operating groups and business groups within our company to rally around that and tackle that challenge and make it happen. Super cool to see that because you would have never thought that, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that that's what we'd be working on. You'd think it would be another big stadium or hospital or something like that. And it's it's just our business is evolving and adapting to the needs of, of where the world is. 
Yeah, that's so awesome. I kind of want to see both. It sounds like yeah. a really fun, like show and tell for your kids. Here's what yeah. here's dad and the team worked on. So very yeah. fun. So we just added this new thing for the end of the podcast. I'm just going to do a quick lightning round. And so I don't know if we gave you the questions in advance or if I'm going to surprise you, but it's kind of fun. And then I keep notes of, of these little tidbits of places I want to see. So the first one is what's your favorite powerhouse lunch or happy hour location? Well, it's got some gravity to it. Um, No, I, I would say (laughs) we've got a nice little spot. It's called the Cooper lounge right across the street from us. It's in union station, uh, kind of in a mezzanine. And it's a super cool space, um, kind of above the lobby of, of union station and really well done. And for me, it's just kind of nostalgic because I've been in that building when it was just a train station and, you know, kind of saw it dip a little bit on, on the use. And then it's just been great to see it revitalized, but just beautiful windows, great drinks, some good food too. So that's kind of my, that's a good tip. And what's your favorite binge? It could be a book, a podcast, a Netflix series. Oh, we watched way too much TV. So um, <laughs> those are definitely the binge and the rabbit hole in our family. But uh, you can't miss with Ted Lasso. I think that was a really well-timed show for the world. And, uh, you know, that's coming back in March. So we'll jump back on that train. But recently, just uh, a few different things like White Lotus was an interesting show that was out there recently. And then uh, right now we're watching The Last of Us, which is pretty wild, more of a pandemic type uh type show, but uh, interesting all the, all the same. Right. Those are three good ones. I'm not caught up on the last of us, but there was a period of time when my kids were very into post-apocalyptic yeah. shows and they would all have their jump bag ready or whatever <laughs> it's called. Like they'd be ready to go. They'd have a backpack ready. And I'm like, okay, you guys are yeah. scaring me a little bit. I don't <laughs> yeah. think we have the backpacks anymore. Yeah. And then last question for you, what's the best advice, probably best business advice you've received to have your seat at the table? I think in our industry and in my career, it's, it can, you can get caught up in like the physical sense of accomplishment with like taking something from nothing and building it into building and feeling like super awesome about, Hey, I just, you know, built this hotel and how cool is that? But like, I think the piece of advice I got is it's, it's, it's really not about that. It's like, who have you built around you in that process and who have you benefited in, Um, put in a better place because of your leadership and, you know, your support and coaching. And it becomes really more about building people than building buildings. And if you think about it, like with customers, with the community that we were talking about, or, you know, your peers or, or just people you're working with, if you can step back and say, Hey, that's really cool. That person has ascended in their career or that customer is doing fantastic because of the building we built or the support and value we added like that's really what matters and that's what's going to get you noticed and, you know, get your voice heard um, because you've proven that you can do that. So I just continue to focus on that because it's hard to get kind of like um, focused on that when you're doing all these amazing things as far as the physical world goes, but there's a, there's a lot of great things to be done with people. So that's always been what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well said. And I think you do um, embody that. That's, that's what I see from you, Brian, and the leadership you brought to Cobert and with um, what's going on with Mortensen. And and I always say that too about business, right? It's not brick and mortar. It's people and lives and quality of life. And I think that's really cool. Really well said. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today. This kind of wraps up our podcast, but want to thank again, Brian Fitzpatrick, Vice President and General Manager of Mortensen for joining us today. 
And this has been a podcast, uh, A Seat at the Table with Colorado Business Roundtable. A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.